Step of the Cloud Chaser TV, man. We back up in Yo. this thing again, you dig? And we got a special guest on the line, man. Can you tell him your name? Yo, this Bryce Gang CEO, you already know who it is. Mr. I don't play those type of games. Mr. I'm all about the money, fuck how you feel. And Mr. I ain't with the bullshit. <laughs> Word. What's good with you, Cloud Chaser? Hey, man, what, what, hey, man, what, what can they find you at, bro, before we even get started? Like, what can they find you at? They looking for you. Oh, listen, you can Instagram Bryce Gang CEO. That's the best way to catch me, man, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't really check my Facebook and all that like that. But Instagram, you can catch me all the time. Or you can email me at BryceGangMusicGroup at gmail.com, BryceGangLLC at gmail.com. Absolutely, got you, got you, man. And like um here at Death of the Cloud Chaser, man, we like to um go right into it, man, get to know a little bit about the person we're interviewing, man. Like who was Bryce Gang CEO, you know, um I say before sixteen years old, man, I was running around, man. Uh, you know, I'm from Brooklyn, Bad Stop Brooklyn, Madison Street. I'm from I'm from the same block that they filmed Gum on. You know, I'm born and raised best red star to the day I die. You know, I've been around the music game a long time. You know, I've been in the shadows. First time I ever, ever experienced music like that was a deal with Immortal Epic Records. We was a part of a group called The Dozens. They did the write-up in um, the Source magazine. It was the one that had Tupac Free on the cover. They did our write-up. That was my really my first taste of music. We did a few tour dates. This shows a KRS-One, but with me, I just never really was interested in being a rapper. You know, I was I was caught into the street. I like trap. Right. You know, to me, to me, the streets was more more fulfilling than the music game. Gotcha. We talk about that, man, on our uh, podcast, man. Right now, you know, the streets can definitely be addiction, man. Well, I'm not gonna say it was my addiction. I'm just going to say, like, you know, I wanted, as a kid growing up, man, I wanted more than what my moms could offer me. You know, I, I wanted more than what my moms could offer me. I wanted more than what I seen the drug dealers on the block with. Like, these dudes is driving BMWs. Yeah, that was cool, but I wanted more than that. But I didn't know what I wanted, but I just know I wanted more than that. So, you know, I, I, t I took that route, and... It just so happened, like, when I took to the streets, like, a duck take the water. <laughs> you know, I was good at it. So, like, even, like, like, even with that being said, like, um, you navigating at that time, and like you said, that, um, you're not, you're not so much looking at, you know, some of the, you know, the obvious, the, the, the drug dealers, you know, uh, the entertainment industry, you, you looking at something that's different. So, like, who was your influence, like, during the time, man? Like, you had, a, you, you want to know, you know the truth? You want to know the truth? And it's yeah. sad to say, when I was growing up as a young teen, I ain't going to lie, I looked up to Alpo, Rich Porter, AZ, my Uncle Porter Rock, my, my older brother IB. I looked I looked at the street dudes. My my main yeah. idol as far as growing up would have been Richard Simmons. You know what I'm saying? Big Fritz. That, that, that's who I looked yeah. up to, like, you know... He was responsible for moving over 500 kilos of cocaine through Harlem. And growing up, I just, I always thought like, yo, if he could do that, then I know I could do that. But, you know, it just never went that way. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Gotcha. Gotcha, man. So like, like, um, so like, you know, like with the street influence, you know, I always have to ask people like, you know, did you have any um, father figure? Like, did you have any father influence like during that time? My mom's is a single parent. So I was raised in the house with my aunts, my mom's, my grandmother, my aunts. So like, I've always had women over me. So like, I, I never really had a father figure, period. So like I can I can honestly say like my father figures came from like dudes in the street, but I'm not talking about dudes that was older than me. Like I was I was learning from dudes that's like damn near my age. You no, know, so like I ain't really had no father figures growing up. To me, I guess that's why I have a lack of respect for authority today. Mm. You know, I, I never I never learned what that was like. Gotcha. And, and that's that's part of like you know growing up, and uh, like even to this day, a lot of you still you know have the issues, you know. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know like, what I'm saying. Yeah. I still have my days, you know. Like I'm 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 human, man. Like I still have my days where thing things be rough. I resort back to what I know best, just to get myself out of my situations. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a gift and a curse. Being a street dude, the gift is Absolutely. you never, you can never go down because anytime you have a fall, you know how to get in those streets and do what you do. The, you know what I'm saying? But the, the the real downside of it is once you learn that life, that's always become your answer. Like you're not gonna look for no other outlet outlets. I know the streets is gonna win. So you're going to jump directly in the streets. That's just what it is. Like they say, people will be like, yo, you need to change your ways. There's no such thing as yeah. changing your ways. Because the second you go broke or be fucked up, you're going back to the block. You're going back to robbing, scamming, whatever whatever it is you do. You're going back to it. Hmm. And that's a fact. For real, for real. Yeah, steep, man. So like, like even now with that being said, man, and, you know, we, we pretty much got, like, uh, you know, Bryce Gang, CEO, who he was as a youth. Now, like, moving forward, like, you talk about your first taste in the music industry. Like, what, what was your first taste in the music industry where you was like, this is something that I want to do, like, for sure, for sure. Like, you know, maybe somebody, you know, giving giving you up, uh, you know, saluting you of some sort. Like, what, what was it? I mean... I grew up I grew up in Bad Style, you know what I'm saying? My uncle was Porter Rock. Porter used to hang out with Big. So Big used to come to the house with Porter, you know, so like I used to be around like niggas like Big, uh, you know, five F T from Black Moon. That was my partner. So like I was around like dudes in the industry back in the days. You know, I used to always run into these dudes or see these dudes or be hanging out, you know. Um, Sean, they used to manage Mary J. Blige. I done ran around him with a, a little bit. So it was like, it was always, I was around it. And, you know, I used to see these dudes doing it. I used to be like, yo, you know what? I could rap. I could put words together. But to me, it was always just fun and games. Like, I never took it serious. I ain't gonna lie to you. Because to me, to me to be a rapper, I wanted, I wanted to be the realest rapper ever. Like, I got a mixtape that I put out before, but I wanted to be the realest rapper ever. So, in my raps, I was speaking my life. And in my and at that time, in my line of work, 
speaking my life was a no-no. Too real. That's too real. Like, yeah. I'm going to send you a copy of the mixtape that I did, and I'm going to let you be the judge of it song for song. It just got, I was saying too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I, I was giving up information that the streets, if you ain't in the streets, then it's not for you to know. So, like, to me, for me to be a, a rapper, I was going to send myself to jail. Because I, I couldn't be mm-hmm. fake with it. I wanted I wanted to be that dude. You know, so bad decisions kept me out the game. So like how how long how far like um so like with with that being said, you you I'm pretty sure you know it's like, you know, this particular um thing about yourself. So you're like, there's something I can't do. So with that being said, how did, you know, Bryce Dan CEO come about, like, when you start to, you know, manage artists and, you know? Well, what it was was, like, you know, I I had got away from the whole music thing. But at the same time, I had a lot of people around me that was trying to do it. And I had experience a little bit. I had not saying I was experienced fully, but I had a little bit more experience than a lot of other people. So it kind of made it easy for me to be like, okay. Yo, this is what you need to do, or yo, if you do this, you might be able to make that move. And then I started showing dudes how to make cash money off of their music without a record deal, without a radio station, and it just went from there. Dope, dope, dope. So like, um, like you, you on this grind and you building this, you know, this empire. Like some of, the, can you name some of the people that you had under under you? Like. Food Banger is one of my or me and Food Banger put out I think I think three or four projects. Food Banger, Miss Corny, I work with her. Uh, I manage the um, producer Cat Barney, who is the producer for like Shinsia, Ding Dong, all those new big names coming out of Jamaica. Yeah. Cal Farney, that's my business. That's my that's my business partner. I'm vice president of Cal Farney Records. Yeah. So like you know, we got we yeah. 2017. We was um um YVA producers of the year. Like we, like I, I'm in the shadows, man. Like a lot of people don't know who I am, but I do a lot. I got my hands and I keep my hands into something. Gotcha. So like with it, like even you know, how did how did that come about? Like with the um, you doing you know Caribbean music, you know you breaking into that like from you know being from uh, New York and. Well, I mean, my, my my grandfather, my dad's side of the family is from the Bahamas. So I've always had the West Indian side of my life. You know, I've always, that's always been a part of me. Like, it's not something I picked up. And it just so happened, I used to, well, I still, I still work with her. I used to have the artist Tracy Moet on my label when I first started my label. And... She was produced by Calfani, and this was back when he first started. So when when she came onto my label, Calfani just happened to be around all the time, and me and him just developed a, a, a close friendship and a close relationship. And he kind of he kind of admired my uh, my street way of doing business some uh, somewhat. Well, gotcha. So like um so like then you spoke on um 
you know, Food Banger being one of your artists and, you know, everything that's going on with the whole um, Trey Wake camp and the whole um, 6 9 ordeal, um, you like tell me his role, you know, Food Banger role in far as Trey Wake Entertainment? See, this is what this is what it went down to, you know. A lot of dreams got sold. A whole lot of dreams got sold and a whole lot of bullshit was spoken. So, you know, at the time of it all going down, we already had something going on. Because because Treyway, you know what I'm saying, they was moving around in Connecticut and six nine touring to Connecticut, they needed they needed that Connecticut protection. So, you know, that's where Fu came into place. That was his area. So they offered Fu C T Treyway, Connecticut Treyway, which would have been C T Treyway. So when they offered him that, okay, they they we was building C T Treyway. I was behind the scenes a little bit with it. And then Fu came to me and he was like, yo, why don't why don't why don't why don't we just go ahead and get you sanctioned to do Treyway South? So then Shadi was in Connecticut at the time and I guess he more or less asked for what do I bring to the table. So what I did was I made a couple of phone calls. I had a collabo set up produced by Calfani with the, the dancehall artist Tommy Lee Sparta. And I had I had it set up. Shadi heard about that and was like, yeah, that's big. All right, so we, we could do that. Freeway South is, is a go. And everything was good all the way up until the day of the Barclay shoot. Mm. And that just changed the course of that whole that whole uh, entertainment company at that point. Well, it changed the course with me first because when that went down, you know, there was a situation to where I, Shadi and um, Six Nine they got locked up. So me and Fool was talking about it the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, I, was, I spoke with Fool before he got locked up, and we we had conversations and. I kind of knew ahead of time that it was going to be some fuck shit. And I told Fool it was going to be some fuck shit. So I, I basically, what I did was, even though Shadi had, they had sanctioned Treyway South, I went, up, I went up to New York City and I sat down and I hollered at Miss Treyway and I got her blessing to do Treyway South outside of them. Mm. But even, even with that, Everything, everything was going good. It still was a lot of a lot of animosity, and then this case came about, and I decided to kind of pull away from the whole Treyway South thing altogether, and focus back onto Bryce Gang Music Group because Treyway was a tainted brand at the time. You know, you got federal investigations, and I know with my background and my life, that was something I ain't need. Definitely didn't want it. Right. So, so like with you being um, on the inside, man, it sounds like you definitely know, you know what's going on. Like, um, like when it comes to Treyway Entertainment, who exactly started Treyway Entertainment? Like, who was the first artist, and you know the whole, I mean, the whole get up. Like, no, don't don't get me wrong. I, I'm affiliated with Treyway Entertainment, but I have no part in their business structure. Now, I will tell you, Treyway Entertainment was started by Miss Treyway and Seiko Billy. It's owned on paper by Miss Treyway and Seiko Billy. On paper, it's owned by them. And they're saying the Secretary of the State of New York will tell you, Treyway Entertainment is owned by them. 
Gotcha. And how did how did um like from from like okay from them owning it and it being their brand? How did um Shadi end up being like the uh, forefront like far as the manager of um all I mean, with artists like you had um Alshon Martin, you had um yeah, well, from what I understand. From what I understand, you know it—it it was some—it it was some gang shit that went down, you know. And I don't—I don't too much really speak on gang business, but it was some gang shit that went down, and he just ended up becoming in in control. You know, it was a—it was a—it was a, a call that was made, and, and he was the one that was put in that position. That's the most I could say about that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So with CEO Bryce, man, with that being said, like, uh, you know, you sound like you definitely the man behind the scenes, the guy to know, man. Uh, what 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 do you have planned, man? What, what we, we can expect from you coming from out the uh, Bryce CEO game? Yeah. I mean, you know, we got Miss Corny. She got her mixtape, Moves Not Genres, is out. You know, Badness, her single Badness is doing pretty good. The, the single and video Addicted is doing pretty good. We just dropped another single on the way. I got um SMG Rada out of South Carolina and his project is um GTA one thirty five. It kinda got caught up in the loop though. It's it's actually out on like on a couple of mixtape sites. But his his album was actually coached by Foo Banger. And it kinda got when Foo Banger got locked up, his project and his situation actually got limboed a little bit. Wow. Gotcha. But we back we back on point. So yeah. He's back in the studio doing new music. He got some tracks from Calfani. His new single is produced by Calfani they working on. So, you know, he got a platinum producer behind it, producing his new single. So I, I think he should do good. Gotcha, gotcha. Man, look, man, um, like I got one more question. You know, um, you spoke on Big earlier. And um, with Big, you know, the term is B-I-G. Um, when you was around during that time, like how was big relationship with um, Sean Carter, Jay Z? I mean, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I know when whenever I've been around him, your big is a funny dude, man. He crack joke. He like to crack jokes. He like to eat, laugh, joke, smoke. You know, it, he's like a regular dude. You know, but any of these celebrity dudes that I know personally, when I'm around them, they regular dudes. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, nine times out of ten, I probably know them before the celebrity. So my, our relationship is different than a person that finds out about them after they become celebrities. You know, like I, I know a couple of celebrities, you know, I pull up to their front door, bang on the door, beat my horn loud in the driveway, upset the neighbors. And, and it's not an issue because it's me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just different. In life, it's how you build your rep. It's how you build relationships. You know, you got you got dudes that you just build a relationship with, and your relationship just become a solid relationship. And that's just basically what I do. You know, I build relationships. I I, I meet people in the music business, and I, nine times out of ten, I won't even discuss anything I got going on musically. I just get to know them as a person. And once I get to know them as a person, then once they find out that I deal with music, 
that's when I put what I got going on on the table. And that's how I win a lot of times. And that's how a lot of situations that I get come about. You never push it. You, you want a person to find out what you got going on. You don't want to tell a person what you got going on. Because if you got to tell a person what you got going on, then that means what you got going on ain't about nothing. If nobody else ain't talking about it. You understand what I mean? So a lot of times yeah. I won't tell people that, like, a lot of people don't know that I manage Calfani or I'm vice president of Calfani Records. Like, a lot of people don't know that I'm one-third owner of Dipset DJ's LLC. You know, I, I keep mine to myself because I like to know what everybody else got going on. And once I find out what you got going on, then I know if you can help me or hurt me. You know what I'm saying? And once I find out what a person got going on, if it ain't going to benefit me, it's no need for you to know what I got going on. You understand what I mean? Yes, sir. You know, there's always a saying, business is between those who do it. So if me and you ain't doing business, then there's nothing for us to talk about at that time. Hmm. And that's just how I kind of carry yeah. my life. This is definitely a game feel episode, man. They gonna love this one, man. I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of gems. Like, I mean, like I, I could break it down for days. Like a lot of like a lot of these guys running around here on social media, like the Snow Billy situation, like. Me personally, I don't have nothing against Snow Billy. I personally don't care for him. I don't like what he stands for. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're, he, he's a slimy dude. He's somebody that you can't really trust. And as the 6ix9ine got on the stand and, and gave his take of who Snow Billy was in his life, then that means everything that you were saying is lies. You've been telling lies to the people. And, and these lies just are not adding up now. And now it really looks like you you tried to extort the man, and the, se and the second they got fucked up, you used that as an opportunity to become famous. Famous for what? Mm. You know? I watch this, I, like, I've never, yeah. up until now, I really ain't said nothing about Snow Billy. I've been kind of just sitting back waiting. Like, up until now, you had a $10 million deal with Def Jam on the table. A couple months ago, you said this. You said that the deal would be final in six days. That was a couple months ago. Weeks later, you're still saying that this $10 million deal is going through. But you said that four weeks ago. And four weeks ago, it was in six right. days. How long does it take the ink to drop? You know, you right. saying you got this going on. The one thing I will say, that documentary he's doing, the Snow Billy story, then that shit real. I think he would have been better off just putting that out there without the extra shit. You know, that's yeah, a real story. He's disputing that, um, that story. I mean, he's saying that it's not real because of, you know, it, it, you know the, the shenanigans or whatever, you know? Let me tell you something. He was out there in Little Rock, Arkansas. You can't take that away from him. He was on Rikers Island back when niggas was dying for the phone. <laughs> you can't take that from him. Snow Billy busts his gun. Can't take that from him. So Billy's a goon. You can't take it from him. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, you know, he's a fucked up individual, yeah. But he, he's a very credible individual. It's just all of this, this shenanigans and shit he got going on right now, to me, is kind of weird. Like, knowing what I know, it's out of place. 
if you understand what I mean. Yeah, it's out of place. Like, like it's, it's totally out of place what you got going on right now. From a street point of view, before all of this Treyway shit, you was actually somebody that was kind of feared by a lot. Of, a lot of these little niggas were scared of him. A lot of these niggas are still scared of him. A lot of these niggas are still scared of him. But I'm gonna tell you something. In my life, I don't. I don't live by fear. So you know, with me, I go up against the best of them. I mean, if you if you win, you win. I lose. That's the game of life. But in in my teachings, the dudes that brought me up. I was always told to be the person, you ain't got to be stronger than them. You ain't got to have more guns than them. You ain't got to have more team than them. You ain't got to be stronger than them. You have to be willing to do what they are afraid to do, and you will beat them every time, if you understand what I mean. You know, if you know, if you, if you know a person can't swim, only engage that motherfucker when there's water around. <laughs> A motherfucker afraid of heights? Yeah. Always avoid that motherfucker until you see him somewhere high and then start your shit. Start your shit when they in an uncomfortable, vulnerable situation because then they can't react. Deep. You know? Just like just like a lot of like 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 how Snow Billy, he's going at all these these high ranking ex bloods and older blood members. You know, that shit crazy to me. Yeah. Because you're 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 saying it on social media. I would respect it more if you pulled up in Brooklyn and, and pulled up on them niggas blocking each other. You know? Mm-hmm. Pull up to the corner with them with, with CK and them dudes that thoughts and, and open up the window and start throwing hot dogs out the window at them. Because then it's real to me. Other than that, like this shit is a lot of this shit is a lot of internet talk. And like I said, you know, anybody can get anybody can get got. But the catch is, when you when you go to get certain people, you just got to be prepared for that person being prepared for you coming to get them. Hmm. And that's what it come down to, like you know. And then you got like, then you got like a lot of these other podcasters that be talking crazy and shit. Like these dudes is clout chasers. Yeah. They 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 real clout chasers, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because at the end of the day, I'm putting together my own channel. I'm cursing on it. I'm using profanity. I'm using everything. I don't give a fuck about the monetization of my channel. You understand what I mean? I don't live for a YouTube check. I'm not out here trying to trying to structure some shit so so people of popular opinion can be like, okay, I'm gonna pay you because we could put commercials on your show because your show is family friendly. I don't live in a family friendly right. world. So why am I why am I gonna comply? I ain't trying to comply. I'm trying to get my message across, and I'm trying to get my direction across. You understand what I mean? Like I just have a different outlook at things. Like I, I ain't gonna conform to the system because the system want me to conform to it. I'm gonna buck the system because the system want me to conform to it. The data system say we don't want you to conform no more. Oh, then I'm gonna start paying attention to what the system got going on. A lot of people don't realize, you know, everything in life is a test. Every step you make is another test. You got people that might know that you can beat their ass, but they'll get around a bunch of strangers and and show their ass and try you. Why is that? Mm -hmm. When in the back of their mind, they know what you're capable of. They know. Because it's a test. 
Everything is a game. Like, right now, everybody's talking about being a clout chaser. Hey, man, this shit ain't new. Is you know, b- before before you wanted you wanted the clout, everybody wanted the props. You know, I got to get my props. <clears throat> different generation, different different lingo, as they say. You know, you got to get my props. You know what I'm saying? I got to be the man. I'm the man. You know, that was the first one. The man, he the man. I'm the man. Hey, man, you know, all that, all the shit is the same, man. It's just a different, different generations. But this younger generation got the game fucked up. I will say that. They got the morals yeah, fucked up. They got they they rule. They got the rules of life fucked up. But they definitely got their morals fucked up. Because this shit Danny just did, man, that shit I'm fucking heard of, yeah. man. Like I'm gonna tell you something. Everybody was everybody keeps saying, "Well, they fucked this girl. What, what was he gonna do?" Hey man, he banged blood, right? He a gang banger, right? Go put in that work. You got in that times that it happened to so many people. Go put in that work. You understand what I'm telling you? Go put that work in. Yeah. I would, if it was me, when that shit went down, I'd have killed one of them niggas. I might have killed two or three of them niggas, and then the feds would have came and picked me up after my motherfucking breakfast interview. After I said, after I was sitting on TV, talking about, damn, it's fucked up what happened to my people, man. Oh man, my people. Oh, oh who could have did such a thing? I'd have gunned them niggas the fuck down and played it off and let the feds come get me for that. Because I I mean like I ain't I'm I'm just not the type of person, man. I don't care. I ain't going to a courtroom to sit on no stand to tell nobody no nobody business. And then, you know, you got the shit Jim Jones, that shit is heartbreaking. To see Jimmy get caught up like that, that shit heartbreaking. Cause I'm gonna tell you something. Jim was just having a conversation that was a real conversation. Had he would have known that Mel's phone was fucked up like that, he wouldn't have had that conversation. He wouldn't have said nothing. He'd have told you, oh, pull up on me. You know, that's one of them situations, and, like, a lot of people don't realize, man, the feds, the feds is tapping a whole lot of shit. Like, you got a whole podcast. The feds is on your ass. You better believe it. <laughs> you know, when you post this video, yeah. the feds gonna watch it. They gonna see what I gotta right. say. They gonna see what kind of questions right. you ask. That's just what it is. Right. But even when I do interviews and shit, I just know how to how to play the game. You federalities got nothing. Yes, sir. The only way you gonna get something is if I give it to you. The only way I'm gonna give it to you is if I give it to somebody else and they tell it. <laughs> You understand what I mean? That's the only way I'm giving information so like, to the like, feds is third party. And that, and that and if it go third party, then the person that gave you that information is a rat. Facts. You know? Everybody talking about what Danny gonna do. Danny gonna make some money when he get out of jail. You better believe he's gonna make a lot of money. His book his book alone is gonna be worth millions. Just telling his story. Mm. From start to finish on paper, it's gonna be worth millions. A movie deal of his life is gonna be worth millions. Dude coming yeah. out of jail, dude coming out of jail to a bag. Don't give a fuck. Will he be respected again? Hey man, the only people that's mad is niggas. <laughs> Think about it. No, l- listen. Look at the look at social media. Look at the news. 
The only people complaining about Daniel Hernandez telling is black people. <laughs> white people, white people looking at it as, "Hey, man, I would have did the same, buddy. Hey, buddy, we, we, we're millionaires. Those guys are broke. Fuck that." You know what I'm saying? White boys, the white boys, white boys would have told too. So the white boys ain't looking at him like that. So he's gonna make money when he when right. he get out. The only downside about getting out and making money is, homeboy, you got a fucking target on your ass. Yeah. Everybody and their mother going to want to be security. But, I mean, yeah. the, the key is, the good thing about it is, he a federal rat. The average person ain't going to fuck with him. No matter what they say, no matter what these niggas on social media talking about, yo, he come to my town, it's going to be this. He come to your town, you're going to do nothing. You're going to run up on Daniel and get an autograph. Get a selfie with the nigga, man. Stop playing. These dudes is talking like a lot of guys are sitting there talking about, oh, Brooklyn going to take that L. Hey, we don't do that where I'm from. So you trying to tell me New York City is the only jail with snitches in it? New York is the only state where people went to jail because somebody told on them. Because the last time I checked, Meech and them wasn't operating in New York City when they got locked up. They was in Atlanta. You understand what I mean? Right. It snitches everywhere. This shit happens in everybody's hood. It just so happened it happened in Brooklyn, and it's and it's publicized. It's a big it's a big hell. But you got dudes out there in Chicago telling. You got dudes in L.A. telling. You got dudes in Texas telling. Everybody telling. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you something, man. The younger the person, the more willing they are to tell. How you going to tell somebody that's 20 years old that they're about to do 40 years in jail? You know what they're thinking about? They're thinking about how long it took for them to get to 20 years old. Then I got to do that again? Plus double that in a room? Man, fuck that. Hey, man, listen. It was a second shooter on the grassy knoll, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, hey, man, listen, Cardi B, she cheated on Offset and shit like that. You know, a nigga tell everything. Nah, nah, that was just a joke for you motherfuckers out there in social media world. But, you know, a motherfucker <laughs> tell, a nigga tell everything because they're faced with the kind of time that they can't contemplate. You think Danny can contemplate twice his life in the cage? No. Cause we talking about yeah, twice his right. lifespan. He ain't. He's not twenty five. A man can't do no fifty years. Cause all he thinking about how long it took for him to get to twenty to get to twenty three. You understand? He's looking at how long yeah. it took for him to get to twenty three years old. Now he's thinking, I got to do twenty three more years in a cage, and then another twenty three on top of that in a cage, and then one more year on top of that. Man, man, that's Jim Jones. He's a retired rapper. Oh, no, see, that's shoddy. Oh, no, that's Hoff. That's such and such. That's such and such. Oh, yeah, he did that. Oh, he did that shit. You know? Yeah. He, he's, a, he's in court. He was, one like of that he was even trolling on the stand. Like how he said, Jim, Jim Jones is a retired rapper. Like, my man. Oh, no, yeah, oh, he had jokes. Hey, man, listen. He even he even told Child of Ass that goddamn Tommy shot Angela. You heard? <laughs> <laughs> he 
he he even told him that Tyreek set up Canaan. Boy, bad man. <laughs> bad man. I'm trying to tell you. This why this why Ghost Empire going down because of six nine. They said it was Dre. For real. And see, he told on Dre too. <laughs> <laughs> Shoddy cell right now, you know what I'm saying? Lights out, I'm out. <laughs>